This is the author. 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 Penguin Random House Audio presents. This is the author. This is the author. This is the author. Writing a book is hard. Narrating your audio book is, well, we'll let the author tell you about it. Today in the studio. Hi, this is David Gessner. After I graduated from college, I set about becoming a writer and playing ultimate frisbee, and I kept doing those things for about fifteen years. And I wrote about a lot of things. I wrote about my dad's death. I wrote about the natural world. But it never really occurred to me to write about Ultimate. And then, after my first book was published, I got picked up by a big agent at ICM, and she looked over all my stuff and said, "This is what we should do." And it was a quick proposal I'd written about going back and playing with the Boston national champion Ultimate team, and I would go back in kind of George Plimpton fashion and play with them and write about the season. So I went down to a tournament with them, played, and we won the tournament. And I came back to Cape Cod, where I was living with my wife at the time. And I think I went to bed at like eight or nine at night. I was so exhausted. And four hours later, I woke up, just filled with the idea of how I was going to write this book. And for the next week, I had a writing experience that I'd never had before or since, which was kind of I'd been given permission to write about this. Non-literary topic, this fun topic, filled with these fun stories from my last twenty years, and I just I wrote it high speed. I cranked it out. I was laughing out loud at some of the things that other characters were doing and some of the things that my younger self was doing. And I sent it to my agent after a week, and I knew she was excited about it too. I could tell from her voice, but I also heard from a mutual writer friend in Boston. That she thought she could really sell it for a lot of money, and as I say in the book, at the time my wife and I had about fifty dollars in our joint bank account, so we were excited as too mild a word. We were overwrought about the whole thing, and I got called down to New York and interviewed with several editors, and it looked good. It looked good. It looked good, and then they all said no. And my agent said they said no because no one knew what the hell Ultimate Frisbee was, and it was kind of back to the thing we'd always gone through, which was, is that the thing you do with dogs? People didn't understand or respect it, and I felt like I was lifted up really high and slammed low, like some sort of pro wrestler had lifted me up and down a body slam. And the only emotional thing I could kind of compare it to was losing at regionals or losing at nationals as an Ultimate player. Where I'd been kind of well trained to deal with that kind of heartbreaking loss, so it wasn't then until almost twenty years later, when ultimate was considered as an Olympic sport, that I went back to it. But in the years in between, I turned it into an essay called Ultimate Glory, and the essay had slowly found its way into the world on its own, picked up by long form, and in two thousand thirteen was. Picked as one of the thirteen top sports writing articles by USA Today, so it kind of weirdly made this comeback through the losers bracket, and then I returned to it and finally got to write about Ultimate after all these years. In the old days, my wife, who's a writer, and I would read every word we wrote, but as we've published more books, we read a little less.
uh, last book, my wife didn't read my book at all, but listened on audio. But since it was an autobiographical book, and I traveled around the West in it with our daughter, Hadley, that meant she would listen in the car to lines like, I got in the car with Hadley and drove seven hours up to Wyoming. The weird thing is the narrator had kind of, a, he was great, and I loved the book, but it was a kind of slightly Englishy kind of fancy accent. And it was very strange for my wife to hear me talking in another person's voice. Another friend of ours, the writer Rebecca Lee, heard about this and she said, wouldn't it be interesting if a wife listened to a husband's book and fell in love with the narrator's voice and then left the husband for him? So it kicked off a whole short story. As far as my own experience goes, I had no idea how hard this was going to be. I had no idea I had so much saliva in my mouth or so little. I didn't know that the letter L makes a clicking sound. And I always thought I was good at pronouncing words until now. So that's been a change. Also, we're recording near an airport. And it may be that one of those planes that keep coming over is going to come over us any minute now. But we would get in the middle of a paragraph and get rolling. And then it would come in and crush us. So we grew to hate airplanes during the course of this recording. So we're finishing up, and today is day six, and barring any unforeseen circumstances, today will be the last day of my life where I read anything out loud for seven hours. For the next book, I'll just let my wife's lover do it. Well, you know, I had a very good friend who we always called Gus, and now I'm starting to understand why we always called him Gus. Because his last name was Gustafson, <laughs> and there it is. It's very easy to pronounce. It's G-U-S-T-A-F-S-O-N. But for the life of me, I can't pronounce it, and I apologize to Gus in advance for that. The other thing is, one of the more bizarre facts about Ultimate Frisbee is it was invented by Joel Silver, the movie producer of action films. And he invented it back at Columbia High School. In describing his current life, I talked about him flying in chefs from Italy. And I wish I'd cut those lines because it took us about 45 minutes to get by scallopini, sinape, panna, veal with mustard and cream, I guess. So I'm not good at Italian, I learned. I didn't think I would be doing any voices. The only time I've ever done voices in reading is when I've read to my then four-year-old daughter. But I found myself talking in Reagan's voice, Well, well, you little. And that kind of came out of the blue. And then I kind of did Walter Jackson Bate, my old professor, as kind of a combo of Gandalf and I don't know who. And then Schwarzenegger and Howard Cosell and George Plimpton, which I really didn't do but kind of did. So that was fun, and I've always been proud of my Reagan, so I'm, I'm looking forward to my wife hearing my Reagan. Dream narrator, living or dead? Well, I was thinking Sylvester Stallone would be a good person, but he would have a hard time getting through these sessions, I think. He'd garble a lot. But then I thought, what if we could get people to do their own voices, get the real Schwarzenegger in here, and we'd have to bring Reagan, Plimpton, and Cosell back from the dead. Like I said, I, I was kind of startled by how difficult it was and how much you had to push your way through it. 
and my book's about sports. So I guess my advice for the next author would be to look at this as a kind of sustained athletic event requiring endurance and concentration. At first, I was self-conscious about doing these exaggerated deep breaths. I didn't want to offend you, you guys there in the booth. But gradually, I saw this is the only way I can do it. Screw it. I've got to like psych myself up for this. So my, my advice would be to breathe and to push your way through. Tune in next time to hear what happens when another author is in the studio. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.